Alright folks, how are we doing? Welcome back to another episode on the Fuck Talent Podcast And it's me here, your podcaster, Mr Sean Fontana So today we're going to talk about the 10 Mile National Road Race Championships That were held at the start of April um, Where, you know, a lot of people have been asking How did I get on? How did I do? Was I happy with the result? And ultimately, you know, it was a... It was an average result, to be fair. You know, 53 minutes and I think 24, 23, 24 seconds and 13th place. A little bit gutting. You know, people beat me who, you know, maybe have never beaten me before or I never thought would have beaten me. But, you know, hey, that's the way the cookie crumbles. You know, when people are training for the event and they're, you know, training well and they're, they're in great shape, Anything can happen, and that's why I think this resonates really well with you know the fuck talent podcast is because a lot of a lot of my clients, a lot of people out there, maybe if you follow me through Instagram, Facebook, whatever platform you follow me on, you might think that when I'm training or I'm doing it like I must be talented or you know to run the times that I've ran uh, previously in previous years of 14.06 and 29.16 and 66 minutes for the half, I must be talented. But there you can see that if I don't train specifically for the event that I want to race, then I'm, I'm not going to feature in the sort of the medals, the podium. I'm not going to run as fast as what my other personal best will, you know, maybe dictate that I should I should run in the, the outcome of the 10 mile race. So it just goes to show that actual, in actual fact that this this whole podcast does resonate with myself as a person, myself as an athlete, myself as a human being. And again, I'll, I'll keep saying this and I'll, I'll say this in other podcasts or time and time to come is I am not talented. I just have a ridiculously sickening work ethic and I do things even when I'm not motivated because I'm so disciplined and trying to get to where I want to go in business, in fitness, in life, you know, whatever it is, I'm all the fuck in. And there's no talent involved. It's just, like I said, relentlessly getting after it, grinding away, keeping my head down and working hard. So, yeah, like the, the, the 10 mile race didn't go the way I wanted it to go many factors were involved in that, you know, I thought that I could, you know, train for the marathon, I could help, you know, Craig Ruddy for his, his Paris marathon, I could help Becky Briggs for our, our Manchester marathon, and, you know, massive shout-outs to both of them, you know, Becky Briggs running 2.29, 2 hours and 29 minutes, and getting a, a European Commonwealth Games and, I think, a world qualifier, all in the same race, which is phenomenal, and also an under-23 British record, which is unreal, um, Craig Ruddy running 2.25, after two weeks or three weeks after catching COVID, uh, tough time to catch it, but he still went in the start line and ran 2.25 for the marathon, which was I thought I thought was absolutely incredible, so, you know, massive shout-outs for them, um, you know, I was I was helping Charlie Pearl do with her marathon stuff before she went to Australia, and picked up a little injury, hamstring injury between sort of Training with Charlie Perdue, and trying to get to it, trying trying to get in one piece for the Manchester Marathon, and it just didn't quite go my way. So I thought that that same Sunday there was a ten mile Tom Scott race that I thought doing the marathon work, 
and having that strength. And I maybe fared really well over the 10 mile race because it wouldn't have been specifically as fast as, you know, a 5k or a 10k. But again, to race against these guys like Johnny Glenn, Doogie Selman, Mike Kerstoffrou, these really top athletes in Scotland, you can't, I can't be training at marathon pace and thinking that I'm just going to be able to turn it on at the weekend on a Sunday. And I think <clears throat> hopefully that may resonate with a few few guys and gals who are listening to the podcast just now where if you're training, if your performance isn't where you'd like it to be, is your training reflecting a different outcome to your performance? Are you training maybe a little bit slower than what you'd like to? And you're thinking that, you know, it's it's just going to come together and rest, rest day. For some athletes, it that may well be the case that some athletes can actually run within themselves. I know a lot of athletes that can train within themselves, and come race day, they come out with some sort of superhuman heroic performance, and you're just like, how did that happen? You know, maybe maybe you've been sticking with them in training, maybe you've been grinding grinding alongside them. And you're thinking, oh, maybe I can keep up with them in this race coming. And all of a sudden they switch into the next gear and you're just like, how the fuck did that happen? So there's those athletes. There's the other athletes who possibly need to train at race pace for a period of time to get used to to actually get their physiology, their legs, their lactate system, their aerobic system, their anaerobic system ready to embark on the demands of what the event holds for them. And then you get some athletes who maybe need to train a little bit harder than race pace. They need to go a little bit faster than race pace because then when they go back to race pace, it feels a little bit smoother. So you've got athletes all along that spectrum who train above race pace, on race pace or below race pace. And you've got to find what type of athlete you are as as you're training up for your next event, whether it be the marathon, whether it be the half marathon, the 10k, the 5k, whatever it may be. You've got to kind of sort of figure that one out for yourself. Maybe do a cycle of training above race pace, see how that result goes. Maybe just do a time trial instead of an actual competition. Train on race pace, another time trial or a competition, depending on what type of athlete you are, if you want to take risks um, get into a competition with, you know, f- playing around with your training and then training below race pace, training a little bit faster and then seeing how you fare in your competition and your, your event, the 5k, 10k, whatever it may be. Um, so yeah, you know, the training sort of between anywhere between 5, 5.40 mile pace to 5.20 mile pace, depending on if I'm training myself one day or if I'm training with Becky one day or I'm training with Craig Ruddy one day and you know just sort of helping them out with their sort of their marathon their marathon builds so to then go from in that race you know we start I think there was a there was a little group of us so there was the first group was like Johnny Glenn, Dougie Selman, Mike Christofferu and I think they went out at sort of sub five minute mile pace and then just behind them there was a second group and I think that had one of my teammates Mark, Mark Doherty and another couple of great uh, runners in the second group. And there was a third group, so I think it was me and I think a guy called James Wilson. Shout out to Kenny Wilson's younger but taller brother. I was like, this guy is like this, there's like a tall version of Kenny Wilson. I was saying to Dougie Selman, I was like, there was this guy that looked like like Kenny Wilson. He, he ran for the same club as well, but it was, you know, like he was, he was taller. 
And Dougie was like, that's, that's Kenny's brother. And I was like, I didn't, I didn't even know Kenny had a brother. So there we go. Learn something new every day. And um, so there was Kenny, uh, Kenny Wilson's brother, James Wilson. There was Callum Reed, And then there was another guy from Canvas Lang. And we went off, this was the third group, we went off at like 5.14, 5.15 a mile, and it felt really smooth, it was on the flat at, the, flat at this point, and James Wilson decides at the, the, the first mile, at the checkpoint, to try and catch group two that were just in front of us, but they must have run about a 5.07 mile, or maybe a 5.05, so they were you know, a decent length away, maybe about 150, 200 metres away, and... I just knew that we shouldn't be trying to catch them up in in, a, in such quick succession. So James went off and then we, I think we ran about a 5.11 trying to get to them, but they were still running sort of relatively still at the same pace, a 5.07, 5.05. So even though we closed the gap a little bit, we still were sort of in no man's land between sort of Callum Reed and the Canvas Lang guy that were in pack three. We were sort of trying moving to get in a you know I just I knew when we got to that sort of five eleven pace per mile that I just was not it was just not comfortable I knew that I was I was dipping my toe in that sort of early into that lactate sort of high sort of lactic acid phase and then there was some rolling hills and there was a big fucker of a hill and I ran about five seventeen up there again quicker than marathon pace but you know. Exponentially, you know, super hard at five seventeen up the hill climbing um for maybe about about six hundred meters I'd say, and from there my legs were buckled. They were just after three miles into the race, my legs were gone. I still knew I had seven miles to go. You know, all the demons start coming in. You know, just drop out, just pull out. What's the point? You know, these your 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 race is done now. You know, you're you're there's no way you're picking it up from here. I'm looking at my watch, I'm seeing sort of like 520s, 518s, 522s uh, per mile. So I'm, I'm basically running half, uh, sorry, marathon pace now for in a 10 mile race. And I'm just, you know, the, the self-defeatist thoughts are coming in. And these also happened at the Antrim Half Marathon. That was my last race where, you know, it was my first ever DNF. And once, you know, I, genuinely, once you've, you pull out of a race, it becomes, if you allow it to, it can, it can become very easy to make it a habit when things aren't going your way. So even though those thoughts were running through my mind, I also had the small part of me of Antrim and how, how gutted, how defeated, deflated. I felt like a worthless piece of shit, you know, um, pulling out of the race. There was, you know, I was damaging my posterior. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have raced it in the first place. But when you go to race, I genuinely believe that, you know, if if you're just having a stinker, run at certain distance. I know at the marathon you should, you know, maybe live to fight another day. But you know, ten mile race, ten k race, five, get it done. Like get it fucking done. Like just, you know, it's. Shit happens in in those seven miles is a growth experience, especially for me, where, you know, all those demons are roaring at the top of their voice for me to just stop my Garmin and just, you know, pull out or, you know, it 
it just it was it was really tough to just hang in there for seven miles and know that I couldn't get any quicker and that you know some of the guys behind me were maybe just maybe going to catch me um so my race was done you know seven miles to go came in 13th and you know was gutted so flew back you know I'm, I'm, I flew up to see my parents I flew up to see my online clients but then also sort of that race was on as well so I thought you know what I'll race that I'll race that race as well um, and just see where I'm at and because I've not raced in a long time you know the Antrim DNF so wouldn't call that a race prior to that was a lead sort of I think it was the, the Leeds Midsummer Twilight 10k in the track um, had a bit of a tough time there but again like I never pulled out even though I had a bit of a rough race um, so it's you know maybe been about almost two years since I raced so it was a bit rusty and dusty but again a 10 mile race isn't supposed to be that fast that you know you don't need to be too like sort of sharp for it but again just getting used to that pain sitting in that pain pocket for a for a long time and um, sitting in that hot locker was strange abnormal you know usually when you're training you get recoveries my body was itching for a recovery you know sort of say we are doing like five times two miles or five times three k or any of these sort of marathon distances you get a little bit of recovery in between and you know as it's getting to three miles my heart rate kept creeping up my body screaming for recovery but it wasn't getting it so you know staying in that hot locker and you need to get that race fitness back as well uh, you can train all you want but you do need to get that that racing um is just another you can you can train all you want but when it comes to a race that's the the absolute you know, where there's no recovery, there's nowhere to hide and you've got to stay in that hot locker without any sort of 60 seconds rest, 90 seconds rest between certain intervals. It's the, the whole thing together and you're trying to put those pieces of training all together and it's a it's a truest test. Um, no matter if you're training super well, it can still, if you're getting recoveries, the race is no recoveries and that's where the, the true test of your fitness is. And I, I'd say definitely, you know, was it a true reflection of fitness? Uh, um, possibly, possibly um, And then, you know, fly back home And this was on the Tuesday, back in work And one of the one of the guys in the, the team, the manager of the gym And he is looking to put on weight So he's looking to get to 80 kilograms for his holiday in Cyprus So he's looking to put on a bit of muscle, a bit of size And he's eating everything in sight. He's eating absolutely everything in sight. He's taking two masking shakes a day. He's eating Nando's. He's eating Domino's. And he's he's struggling to get to 80 kilograms because he's just... I I, I joke with him and say he's built like a a marathon runner and he should just start taking up long distance. But he's, he's fighting his genetics and he's fighting his makeup and he's trying to get after this 80 kilograms so he's steps in the scale after you know his his lunch and a masking or shake so he's got all this food in his tummy and he still is only like 79.4 kg and he's been trying to get here for like the last sort of 46 weeks and anyway he then asked me how much do I weigh so when anybody asks me this when I'm out running you know anybody I'm they say also you know and we're going to wait and I'll go I'm about 75 kg I said to Chris, I'm about 75 kg. And the last time I weighed myself about eight months ago, I was 75 kilograms. I was about 75.6. And so I stepped in the scale. Just to, but I said, I've not weighed myself in eight months. So I'll, I'll step in the scale. And I stepped in the scale and I was the exact same weight as Chris. I was 79.4 kilograms. 
I, I was, I am four, well, I was, I, at that point, four and a half kilograms heavier than I've been in years. That's almost half a, that's, that's almost a stone. That's almost one stone in weight. That's 14 pounds heavier than I've been in years. Four and a half kilograms, 79 0.4 kg. I shit my pants when I saw that number. I was literally going, oh my God. And Chris is looking at me and laughing. He's going, what's up? I was like, Chris, I've, I've put on like four and a half kilos. Like four, four, four and a half to four kilograms. And he's laughing. He's like, but, but you, you look fine. Like you look healthy. And yeah, I look healthy and I, I still look lean, but that's four and a half kilograms. Like that is a huge amount of weight to put on not know that I've put it on, and then, you know, going right, because that affects your VO2 max, because your VO2 max is per kilogram of body weight, the, the amount of oxygen that you can pump around your body per, per kilogram of body weight, so the heavier you weigh, then it means that then you've got more mass, which then the oxygen has to go around that mass, and it brings that VO2 max down, so... I was just like, oh my, like, you know, I've been marathon training. I thought when you, you, you marathon train, you can kind of eat a little bit more. You can eat a little bit more what you want and get away with it. And sadly, and there might be some people listening to this right now, sadly, I'm not one of those people. And I've said this time and time again, a lot of my clients think that, you know, what do I know about, you know, losing weight or gaining weight or it's it's, hard, it's harder for, the, for them than it is for me. And it's like, no, like it's it's still hard for me, even though I'm training from it, I can still put on weight very, very easy. And there might be a few of you guys and gals listening out there that also are the same. I am the exact same as you. I put on weight really easy, even if I'm eating really well, but I just eat big portions. I've got a big, big appetite. And when I sit down and eat, I eat quite a lot of food, even though it's, it's it may be homemade and super healthy. So... I've, I've had a massive, it was a massive shock to me, you know, I, I, I basically have to get my shit together and try and slowly and sensibly get back to 75 kilograms and, uh, and that's hopefully between now and the night of the 10Ks, which I'm really looking forward to, you know, first track race since the, the Leeds Midsummer Twilight, which I think is about a year and a half ago, two years ago. And also I'm, I'm maybe doing the, the 10,000 metre vitality uh, 10k road race on May the 2nd just a couple of weeks prior to the, the 10k at Highgate um, and I just I need to get that weight back down so I've been watching what I'm eating um, portion controlling what I'm eating and the weight hopefully will st- slowly start to come off but I was you know it's I was, I was just really gutted with myself you know I'm so disciplined with my my fit, my training. I'm so disciplined with eating really healthy. And it just, you know, almost a stone heavier and I couldn't even see it on me as well. I was just, my jaw dropped and I was just, I was gutted and yeah, I just need to get my finger out and just, you know, make sure that I'm not just dabbling too much into big portions and just using, because I'm training a lot, I can eat as much as I want, whenever I want. For personally, for me, I still have repercussions. So you know, I. What I'll do is I will post something out about my weight loss journey to try and get back down to race weight. 
in a healthy manner and a, a, a sustainable manner as well. But two factors, two big factors that played a role in me underperforming at the 10 mile road race championships is I put on a bloody stone in weight without knowing. I felt like a big fat bastard. Obviously, I felt like inside, I felt heavy um, in comparison to what I usually do, but I thought that was because of marathon training. And then also training around 5.40 to 5.20 mile pace, thinking that then I could maybe, with that strength, just move down to 5.10 pace and it feel like no problem at all. So that's kind of um, expecting, over-expecting things and kind of a slight bit of entitlement just because you're doing the long work doesn't mean to say that you're going to be able to do the fast work. So, you know, it, it was a, it was a, and, and this is another thing, it, there's a lot of people, there's, there's people that go certain ways when they have a bad race. One person, and this is the most common way, is people will put their head down and just go, ugh, you know, and that was another, actually that's another thing, another thought that went through my head, because with this uh, comment, is I, I actually said to myself, you're 31 fucking years old, and you're outside the top 10 at the national championships. You used to compete for medals and you used to compete for the podium. And now you can't even break into the top 10, you worthless piece of shit. What the fuck are you doing with yourself? That was another thought that I had in my head. So don't think that, you know, a, a lot of people, you know, message me and they see me in Terrington, they see me in Bushy Park and they see me, but, and they go, oh, I live in the dream. I'm not living the fucking dream if I'm not standing on the podium or I'm not running personal best or I'm not bettering my previous self. I am living a fucking nightmare trying to chase my best self. So let me tell you that right now. Like, I am not living the fucking dream when I'm dragging my carcass round a race in 53 minutes, which I could do, you know, a couple of years ago with my eyes shut. I am not living the dream right now. I am in the trenches and I'm trying to build my dream through hard work, sacrifice, discipline, and a little bit, of, a lot of suffering because I'm not where I want to be. So I'm not happy with what happened at the 10 mile champs. I got exactly what I deserved. And yeah, like those, the same thoughts that run through your head are the same thoughts that run through my head when I have a shit one. So there's two types of people when they have a shit race is they put their head down and say, this isn't for me. Or maybe I'm, maybe I'm not cut out for this anymore. Maybe this just isn't for me. There's a second one that it likes a fucking furnace and a fire in their belly. And it makes them wake up 30, 45, 60 minutes earlier the next day. It makes them not skip the weight sessions. It makes them not skip the, the, the foam rolling. It makes them not eat that fucking slice of pizza, that chocolate bar, that packet of crisps. It makes them go to bed 30 minutes earlier because they get their ass whooped. That's me right now. I can't wait to go back in and do another one. I can't wait to go back and race a 10k road race after a bout of hopefully getting my shit together with my diet and speeding up those legs. But getting my ass whipped was the best thing for me because, yes, I've been training with, you know, really good athletes, really top athletes around here. But at the same time, I've not been hitting this, the paces and training that warrant me 
running fast. So I've got a, I've got a great setup, but I'm still not in a good place fitness wise. So, you know, I just want to again reiterate that when people message and or give me these call, oh you're living living a bit the best life is like a, inside. I'm fighting for my dream and I'm fighting for the best life. I'm not actually living it. I'm fighting for it and I'm building it. The same as you are as well. We're fighting and building for a better version of ourselves and a better life for tomorrow, the day after, and so forth. So I will keep you posted. Uh, I will I will do another podcast updating you on my weight loss journey, returning to race weight. But I just wanted to just let you know how the, the first race went. First cut was the deepest. Disappointed. Down. But not out. Have a good one, guys. And I'll speak to you soon.